0: and welcome back this is uh season three so we came back and we're going to be discussing the Northman*. uh i am sean m thompson
1: i'm brian o'connell
2: and
0: i am gemma files gang's all here well not the whole gang but a good chunk and yeah we're going to be discussing uh the 2022 film the Northman* by the one and only robert eggers and
1: sion and Our- sion yes yes and uh, based on The Legend of Amleth, so very literary pedigree to this one. And uh, and it stars Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Clays Bang, I'm probably not pronouncing that right, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and Willem Dafoe. So quite a roster for, for this outing. For an art for house Robert film, Dickerson. yes. Yeah, for <laughs> an art house film, wow, okay, so... I mean, let's talk about it. We, uh, okay. we love our boy Robert Eggers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, though, um, the other night I was watching Tubi. I'm clicking around in the action section mm-hmm. and come across this film called Viking from 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, it apparently was the biggest um, film at the Russian box office that year. And it is about as art house as the Northmen. Um, it's based on uh, the legend of Vladimir the Great, who is the guy who essentially declared that Rus would be a Christian country um, and had to deal his whole life with the fact that he was half a Slav and half a Viking. Um, and yeah, it's got, uh, an amazing amount of pagan weirdness in it, uh, an amazing amount of incredible violence in it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, and, oh, oh yeah. And also Constantinople thrown in there too, because that was uh, a big thing at the time. Um, one of Vladimir's, uh, um, brothers, uh, who he was accused of killing, um, was married to a princess from, um, from the Byzantine Empire. Awkward. Kicked off the whole Christianization thing. So I'm watching this and I'm going, like, this is, this is the same kind of film. But in Russia, I guess, you know, you know. people are like, oh, Vladimir. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go see that film. <laughs> you know, and, and here people are like, Anna Amleth, isn't he the guy that Hamlet was based on? Shakespeare, no. Even even with naked, you know, sword fighting on a volcano, I'm not gonna go see that movie. That's an right. art house film.
1: <laughs> no, it's really it's bizarre and depressing. Because when I was watching it, um and I like the movie, and I'm not saying it's not art house as a disparagement, you know, like that's no, not absolutely. No, well, it's, it's like I would yeah, say it's
0: um I hate the term elevated. Obviously I've been seeing this on Twitter all day. Um, but it's like, well, what's another good word? I mean, it's like an action film, but it's a good action film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would, I would call it a good action film. I mean, like when I was watching A good action
2: film set in another historical period where people believed stuff that, hey-ho, supposedly we don't believe.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I was... You know, I just recently watched Braveheart for the first time. And I'm like, (laughs) wow, in some level, in some ways, this is just like a a better made and better written version of that type of movie. You know, it's not like, you know, you know, so like Robert Eggers obviously has his roots in the whole A24 thing and Mm -hmm. the sort of small budget uh in in the case of the lighthouse experimental i mean is it just
0: anyone that comes from a24 is anything they make after that suddenly art house by default well because
1: the fun i mean not the fun but the funny thing about this is that this is a you know this is a major studio it's focus Features and universal you know and it has a huge budget and an array of stars and frankly speaking, like there's a lot of weirdness or and and interesting and cool stuff in this movie. But it's much more narratively and thematically straightforward than than his other films, for example. You know, so there's you know, there's no reason that this isn't an inaccessible, inscrutable, uh difficult film in any way. Like,
2: Well, neither is The Witch, though. Right. I mean, that's that's the thing that always kind of kind of you know, um, trips me up with Eggers, because essentially what he's interested in is historical detail. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, no, it's not any more accessible than a beautifully detailed historical um, film made from the perspectives of the people in the film. This, I think, is the art house element for most people. It's like, you know, what, uh, do do they actually believe in witches? Bitch, they're Puritans. Yes, (laughs) they actually believe in witches. They believe very devoutly, so to speak, in witches. (laughs) You know, (laughs) similarly, all the stuff that we find um, weird about the Northmen um, is stuff that Vikings wouldn't have found that weird.
1: Right, yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, one of the things that just to talk about his strengths in general is that he's very very good at he doesn't tamper with the worldviews you know like no he goes so far
0: above and beyond too in terms of the behind the scenes stuff
1: yeah oh yeah like he
0: made all he got an actual ship for the intro shot in the lighthouse where they take a ship to the island instead of just like he didn't need to do that
1: no, no, no. And for this, I mean, he he has like anthropologists on set, and you know these historians because, I mean, he's spoken about, you know, this one was more difficult for him in in many ways than his. Oh, previous I think just location
0: wise, even although oh, I yeah. heard the lighthouse really sucked in terms of their location.
2: It was can, difficult. It was yeah, difficult. I can totally believe that. Yeah. Um,
1: but it's yeah, like the, go ahead. The, go
2: ahead. Uh, sorry, the detail that was pointed out in the New Yorker article. Um, the interview with Eggers um, that I kept my eyes open for was uh, a stuffed horse penis in um, <laughs> <laughs> in the back of a scene uh, where people are worshipping frere. And so I keep my eyes open for it, and I realize, oh, okay. So that thing built into the totem that plays Bang is standing in front of is an actual stuffed horse penis
1: oh my god it's
2: meant to be the penis of the god frere the god of generation
1: wow see yeah. i got i didn't even notice that i'm yeah. gonna have to i mean yeah that he's very obsessive about that level i mean of like my favorite
0: memory was we went and saw this in the theater and we left. and my girlfriend knows a little bit of russian and i'm just an idiot i guess so I was like, what were they saying in Russian? She was like, honey, that's like ancient Russian. I don't know what the fuck they were saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like yeah, no, the I fact mean, that he took the time to like actually work in like ancient Russian.
1: Yeah, no, I mean he said he wanted to film the whole movie in Old Norse, but obviously that wasn't ever going to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't think focus I don't think Universal at least would have gone for that
1: right but he said he he would have if he could have he just he wasn't able to well, the obviously. same with the dong
0: hanging i mean he wanted apparently i just i feel sad that he can't get his dicks in his movies you know yeah
1: i know he's trying so hard with the lighthouse too yes i mean he's they said you can show anything you want but no penis <laughs> <laughs> And it's just
2: you can show full ass, but no penis.
1: You can show a mermaid vagina and have your lead character like slaver over it, and you can have Robert Pattinson walking Willem Dafoe on a leash, but you can't have a penis. A penis, no penis. (laughs) (laughs) Which is Uh, in this movie the double standard is especially frustrating because you know Anya Taylor Joy is fully nude like at least three times in this film but at the the end you have this amazing naked sword fight on the volcano and it's like the dicks are like artfully silhouetted which is like okay okay but you know
2: yeah well you do get to see some really nice shots of clay's bangs but
1: that's true true. that's true That's
2: and of of course Alexander Skarsgård but he's just so cut that he looks like he would cut you if you <laughs> if you laid a
1: hand on him. <laughs> I don't like understand like how anyone
0: can like have abs like that and like be alive.
1: Yeah, it, no. It, it's hard. It, it's he some there is one review that was like he looks like a question mark. <laughs> that, you know that he's become this sort of like hunched, kind of brutal, sharp figure. And, but I and feel it's... like
0: that worked for, like, the the character, though. Like, the yeah, way he's yeah, just, yeah, like, holding... Like, his shoulders are fucking enormous, like, and, you know, if you're not posturing or anything, you're just going around trying to be murderous and utilitarian about it, that's probably the posture.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah.
2: He made himself a weapon, and you know um but the problem is that when you're a weapon that's all you are and that is the problem with revenge
0: oh no (laughs) i mean i will say i know this 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 doesn't mean an art house film can't be this but the the scene where someone throws a spear at him and he catches it and (laughs) and spins around and throws it back i was just like there it is
2: yep there it is absolutely um you know for me uh the double standard yes is is very is very large but i was extremely happy with the moment where anya taylor joy <laughs> slaps clay's bang in the face with her own menstrual blood
1: yeah yeah that's fantastic no i mean and it's uh, it's the the well i mean i guess we should we have to talk about the film because i feel like the Yes. As, as in both of his previous films, like the gender stuff is some of the, the richest and most interesting territory in here, right? Like, the, but, but I, I want to just talk about, I mean, we don't have to go through it beat by beat, but I do want to talk about the first, um, half hour alone, which yeah. is, Just a tour de force for me. Like, I was like, this is, this is so exciting and fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, what are, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts? We don't have to go through it scene by scene or anything, but let's just talk about it a bit. Uh,
2: Um, okay. So we begin, uh, with, okay. So the legend of Amleth is what Shakespeare took from to write this, the story of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Um and so we already know going in that uh you know, some of us at least already know going in that what we're dealing with here is um the basic sketch of there's a prince uh his father is killed by his uncle his uncle marries his mother and he decides to take revenge but um uh, because this is a <laughs> because this is a viking story um <laughs> Wait, you know and because this is a Robert Eggers story um the eggers thing immediately shows itself because everything is positioned like a a frieze on a tapestry right uh, yeah so essentially you've got this very uh this very wide very deep frame and things tend to be weirdly static even when they're moving
1: yeah and and uh, and a prevalence of very like either frontal or profile shots, but like yes. it's very like a flattened perspective in some ways where it's uh, it's almost like I remember Pauline Kael said about a Satyricon by Fellini that um it's like figures moving along a wall, like painted figures moving along a wall. And that's what I felt that yeah. a number of times with some of these shots.
2: Yeah, um, except that it's also fairly dark. There'll be, you know, there'll be um, aspects of lighter color or, um, or you know, gold jewels. Yeah, the the gleam of a sword, the gleam of um, a, a piece of armor.
0: But, but it's like cold, I guess, would be how I think of it. It's not, not necessarily desaturated, but
2: yes, it's yeah. just
0: like very a lot of grays and like darker hues
2: a lot of the the brightest stuff has to do with young young amleth mm. who is very uh he's he's presented as a guy who's like deeply in love with his father and yeah. Yeah. you know um and the kid who's playing him is very beautiful in a very non-gender specific way
1: yeah um, there's there's a It's very interesting because you have this, um, obviously in the back end, you have this like almost archetypal figure of violent masculinity, you know, where he's like, you know, incredibly jacked and, you know, beardy and sharp featured. But as a kid, he's almost androgynous in a number of ways, right? Like he's, yeah, he has the long hair and he's kind of soft and feminine looking and everything. So yeah, he's
2: in his very white, his eyes are very blue. His, um, his hair is very, very blonde. You can see his mother in him
1: yeah definitely yeah. i also just I, we can i just want to interject really briefly that this kid who played uh young amleth and the northmen mm-hmm. also just played young bruce wayne and the batman this year these are his only two movies that he's ever made so wow. he has to commit to the bit and only play kids who grow up to revenge their parents
0: yes exactly uh, yeah that's a child exactly, of dead yes. parents i guess <laughs>
1: Yes.
2: Wow, that's, that's, that's hilarious.
1: Um, Imagine this being your first year. You're in, you're in the, in the Batman and the Northman.
0: I was this Asian type of like, you need to take, you need to cool it. Like, just stay away from drugs or any weirdness.
2: That's right. Oh, man. OK, so, yeah, he's he's like he's like high on his father's presence. And
0: I mean, his dad's Ethan Hawke. So,
2: well, his dad's Ethan Hawke. And because we like Ethan Hawke, we want to like his dad, which is kind of interesting, because True. given what we find out about his dad later on, right?
0: he's a real bastard, uh, it turns out.
2: Well, you know, I well, mean, maybe he's not a, a bastard, bastard, but he's very he's singular. A, he's a bastard in a Viking way. So we have we have like two things that are hovering in the background. And uh the first one is that Nicole Kidman as Gudrun, I think, the Gertrude figure, uh she is she's very beautiful because she's Nicole Kidman. Um yes. but she obviously does not like her husband. And you know,
1: we Sorry. don't yeah, you know? there's like he, he runs into her chamber, which yeah. is uh, another foreshadowing of of things to come <laughs> later. That he the kid bursts into her dressing chamber while she her hair is getting combed or something. Yeah, and he's like, "Father's home!" and it's one of those like stony Nicole Kidman, <laughs> um, eerily inexpressive faces that she gives in response. It's not like there's like a, a thrill of excitement or joy that that her husband's returned. She just seems kind well, of And doesn't stern. she
2: immediately just just basically go, you must knock before you enter my chamber? how <laughs> dare you? Know, <laughs> you know? Yes, and he's, yeah, he's just like he doesn't care. Yeah, no, there's, it's um, there's that, and then there's the appearance of Clay's bang. Um, after...
0: One of my
1: favorite moments.
0: Oh, he comes in with the huge dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. massive ass
1: dogs. And then he walks over the fire and it kind of flares as he passes it. You know, it's just very. And they've established
0: everyone else is sort of kissing the hand of the king and he just sort of does a little tap. <laughs> yeah. Good game. Yeah,
2: yeah absolutely. And um, he looks very different from everybody else. Later, we find out that that he and the king are half brothers. And again, this reminds me very much of. It's sort of the inverse of Viking 2016, because <laughs> Vladimir's problem is that he's the son of a, a slave when assumes a thrall, a war prize, that half of him is Viking and half of him is Slav, uh, Rus. And with Clay's Bang, it appears to be the other way around. So perhaps yeah. his his mother might have been a Russian prisoner, might have been a Russian thrall, because he certainly looks as un-Viking as you could possibly look.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah, no. I mean, his presence is immediately differentiated. And I mean, it's been, so it's been like, three or so weeks since i saw the movie but mm. there's also that interaction with the jester played by willem dafoe in probably the most willem dafoe role you could conceive i think that right, he just hops into
0: to frame and makes a joke about having sex with nicole kidman
1: oh that's, that's right. what the joke is about I, I i remember i thought it was some sort of jab at near. Uh who's who's Clays Bang the, It the...
2: uh it is a jab at Fuelmir, but it's also a jab about, you know, the possibility of Fuel having sex with Nicole Kidman, which, mm. you know <laughs> President. <laughs> I, I love the fact that, you know, Eggers decided, oh, okay, so uh a shaman is also like uh is also like a jester. Yeah. So our York figure will be a, a shaman shaman jester. <laughs> you know, a clown and a priest at the same time. <laughs> and smart. who are we going to get? Oh, Willem. Okay, yeah.
0: Of course, Willem Dafoe. I have to briefly cut in, because I remember this film starts with a volcano.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I think that,
0: that is one thing, because having seen a lot of action movies, I think where Eggers kind of, like, puts his own stamp in is that I don't know that everybody would be starting their Viking action movie with just a volcano.
1: Well, but it's also this... Invocation of the muses, as I recall, right? That he's yeah, like no, Tell I me the thing. It does make
0: sense, but I just yeah, mean the invocation I think
2: you're, of yeah. the Norns and the concept yep. of weird. You know, the yep. concept that your fate is something you you are a slave to fate. Your fate yeah. is unavoidable, your fate is something that has already been woven. You no, know, I'm I'm a big fan of uh of the series Vikings and um I realize that uh, they do a lot of pretty historic things in that TV show but at the same time the attitude is super like the sagas that I have that I've read Njal saga etc um and uh there's and and often you know characters end up saying you know why worry because the the thread of your fate is already is already woven right. you know so there's this sense that whatever decision that you make, you'll only understand why you made that decision later on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, the other thing that's interesting here is that, you know, the Norns are female figures, right? Um, That's right. Yes. So this is one of the interesting things about this film is that it's obviously a very patriarchal society in many ways right but um in most ways but also the women occupy such an interesting place that that they're also like goddesses or seers or valkyries witches yeah i mean it's
0: historically accurate though the vikings like gave women Not necessarily positions of power, but they had agency.
2: Yeah, they definitely had agency. And they did, in fact, have power, but they had uh, a different power, a separate power. Yeah. Um, You know, not to say that there weren't shield shield maidens, that there weren't people who were, you know, actual warriors uh, who chose that path. But um, the place where women usually had power was... In the realm of either being uh, like a vulva, um, <laughs> sounds mm. bad. F F O <laughs> yeah, V-O-L-V-A, a yes. vulva, um, which is sort of like a sort of like a female priest. You know, uh, the person who um, the person who does the sacrifice at your funeral. The person who um, hand fasts to
1: people yeah uh, a, a, everybody sort of oral oracle type figure yeah yes? a
2: seer yeah, a seer, an oracle, um, but also uh but also the interesting thing is that as as a queen, uh Gudrun would have been you know slotted into that position um mm. for certain sacrifices, and uh, even as the uh even as the wife of a landholder, she is as we see. Um, slotted into that position for certain sacrifices. Um, the, the woman's realm is ostensibly the home, but the home is large. The home is yeah. the entire system of the, of the home. It's the farm, it's the, it's the landhold, it's the, um, you know, it's everything to do with that. And there, and also a, a certain, um, type of magic. Uh, thought of as specifically women's magic, a kind of magic that men are thought of as being somewhat suspect for showing an affinity for is Seder, um, which has to do with, it has to do with deception, but it also has to do with mathematics mm. and uh, and strategy. And uh, the two gods who are best known for practicing Seder or for learning Seder are Odin, um, who was only able to Um, Learn it um, through uh, sacrificing himself to himself, hanging himself from the Yggdrasil. And
1: And blinding himself?
2: No. uh, That's a
1: separate.
2: (laughs) That's a separate thing, yeah. Um, And Loki, uh, who is always spoken of as a suspectly gender-fluid figure because of his affinity for Sether.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, stuff to deal with cunning and you know. I don't yes, the power,
2: it... the power without power. It's it is what Olga talks about when she says, yes, "You have yeah. power to break men's bodies, and I have the power to break their minds."
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: From the very beginning, there's this hint of gender fluidity that's going on, and the the idea is that when you're a child, you're allowed to be slightly as if you're you're not quite formed yet
1: yeah you you haven't
2: quite made a decision yet where you're going to be right you know but once amleth's father comes home that's um, when
1: that process of formation that's right that's right which is one of my favorite scenes which we have to talk about absolutely they go to this Sort of, it's not a chapel, obviously, but like a temple. It's a temple.
2: It's definitely a temple, but it's but it's really fascinating because it it goes down under the earth and you end up in this almost this raw kind of um you uh, know uh, barrow underneath the the earth um like a like a fox's earth or like a you know uh like like a place that dogs have um burrowed be, yeah I burrowed yeah. yeah and. Down there is where we realize that the York character is a, is also uh, a shaman, also a, a priest. And he, uh, and he introduces Amleth to the beginning of, I guess, Amleth's path towards becoming a berserker,
1: right? Yeah. It reminded me, this is where I felt he was this is building on the lighthouse a lot to me in terms yeah. of stuff. Well,
2: you know, anything where farts are
1: <laughs> the, the farts are Birds coming and farts, in, yeah. people are acting like dogs. There's yep. a very there's an almost there's an almost homoerotic charge to some of it and that it's uh Huge.
2: Yeah, because it's it's men bonding through manly manness, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, but
2: but the interesting thing is that the manly manless manless uh, manness stuff is that you have to become a beast yeah. before you can become a man.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. and and be put in this uh, position of abasement almost, right? Like they're on the floor in the dirt, and Willem Dafoe's feeding them out of these bowls, and. There's a sense in which... Um,
2: On their hands have, and knees, like, you, you know, like possibly you might get effed up the bee. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah,
1: vulnerable, a sort of vulnerable quality, but also this, you know, this destruction of your human identity. <laughs>
0: and you also know, that you, that have you have to trip trigger. balls.
1: You yes. also have to trip balls. Trip um,
2: balls, you know, um, you know, you, you can never downplay the uh, the, the balls-tripping aspect of... <laughs> <laughs> of vice.
0: That was so much of their shit, like.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like so much. Like the road shit.
0: alone, it's just wasn't that an like basically a sort of a psychotic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, definitely, you know, it's like let's let's get super high. Let's let's drink stuff that will make us um, that that will that will peel all the humanness away from us. You know, that will. Make everything possible you know yeah. um, so that we can see the gods and we can know that they're real uh it's It's fascinating because as as Christianity moved into uh, Viking lands, there was always it, one of the funniest stories that I've ever heard is um there's a there's a story in uh I think it's the uh, I think it's the Icelandic sagas. Um, where this, this old lady and this younger warrior are arguing about, about Christianity. And, uh, the warrior is like, I'm not going to worship a dead dude on a craw- on a, yeah, a dead dude on a tree. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and she's like, <laughs> well, you worship Odin and Odin hung himself on a tree. And he's like, well, yeah, but Thor could completely paste. You're Christ, you know. Look at look at your skinny white Christ. Thor could completely paste him, and the and the old lady's like, yes, but but Thor dies at the end of time. We all know during Ragnarok, he doesn't come back to life because all the gods die. But Christ comes back to life. Back to life. That's the point.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you they...
2: follow Christ, you too will come back to life. And the guy's like, Yeah, you got a point there. <laughs> it's like so so it's not like they never thought about the gods being metaphorical. It's not like they never thought about, you know, it's like, do we do we see the gods? Are the gods like present in our lives? No, unless we're tripping balls. And then they totally are. <laughs> it's like, I saw that tree. There were, you know, there were people hanging from it. <laughs> and the and the ropes were made of, you know the same chords that come out with babies <laughs> you <know>? yes
1: yeah <laughs> like this is a it's a very <laughs> striking image in this yes. film where there it's uh ethan Hawke opens his chest up a little i think yeah or,
0: it's like yeah, and yeah. stomach chest it's
1: sort of uh very like artificial uh computer generated image of of this sort of tree of life that's also like a network of veins and or or umbilical cords and you know again, linking again li-
2: very much like a tapestry and when we see it later when we see it reproduced later when in a tapestry the Goodwin has embroidered we yeah. realize that the reason that the CGI looks so odd is because it's like embroidery CGI
1: yeah yeah and it also it helps that it's so differentiated from the the ordinary texture of the film because it's important like this moment is imprinted on his mind, you know, right? Yes. So like, it's, it, it's, we return to the image throughout the film. So it's, it's very... You know, it's a, it's it's a strong and strange enough image where you're going to you know, it's going to stick with you just as it will. Well,
2: start. well when you're a person just out in the world, you know, there has to be something that reminds you that you are a prince, that you were a prince, that your genealogy is super important and it's really important to um to uh, have a reason to avenge your father, you yeah. know, that something yes. has been stolen from you. And what's been stolen from you is this sense of, you know, um, generations and generations and generations of dead kings going backwards. Yeah. And that you will be one of those dead kings. And it's wonderful to be mm-hmm. one of those dead kings it's wonderful to die you it's know it's
1: wonderful like, to die it's uh well and, and he's in gonna battle, need
2: in battle it's wonderful to die
1: <laughs>
0: you <laughs> in, sure
2: you sure don't want to die at home because no. you end up in hell's
0: domain it does make me wonder if there are some older vikings who are like oh no i'm having a heart attack in the kitchen quick hit, hit, fight me with a sword
2: <laughs> yeah yeah basically yes that's exactly it
0: i always hated your cooking
2: it's like stab me stab me woman stab me
0: (laughs) it's uh this chicken's very dry
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know i mean when people are like oh my god this this seems very fascist i'm like "Mm, no this just seems very pagan to me this
1: seems well yeah that's so about the fascism (laughs) yeah um well i mean one of the thoughts that kept recurring to me Mm -hmm. not you know, in terms of a political judgment, as insofar as that's possible. But when I was watching this, I was like, wow, Mishima would love this movie. I'm like, it's like, it's a jacked guy whose whole goal is to die a glorious death in battle, right? And that has definitely become associated with fascism in a lot of ways, because fascism is building on that death drive uh, for a lot of men and that it's it's well, it's yeah. all yeah but it's it's also that was the worldview of the vikings you know it wasn't a um you know it, the the goal for for a nobleman at least was to have that death right like it well it wasn't, yeah
2: and and you always have to remember that most normal quote quote vikings weren't noblemen they were They were landholders. They were farmers. (laughs) like You know, it's like half the year we're farming, you know, but we've got this tiny little plot of land on this island where we're up against people all the time because (laughs) the place is so fucking small. Also, it's really difficult to cultivate. (laughs) Some places (laughs) are good, but. A lot of places are not that good, and so you know that's why you con- that's why they developed a legal system um, of reciprocity a lot lo- a lot um, longer before a lot of other places mm. because people were constantly killing each other over shit like moving boundary stones, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and, and uh, we got to sort this out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people would go to the all thing, and they'd be like. You know, Bob killed my thrall because he was trying to stop him from moving my boundary stone. And that thrall cost me a lot of money, by the way. You know, I had to buy armor and go on and go and go Viking to get that thrall in the first place. You know, so you better give me a thrall or move my boundary stone back. Or give me some blood money. (laughs) Nine times out of ten, it was like, fine, I will give you some blood money. (laughs) But but yeah, you know, like, otherwise people would just be murdering each other all the time. I mean, I I think there was a
0: sort of a through line between, like, the myth of the American West and the cowboy and the Viking, where it's sort of the – it's sort of the thing of, like, it's better to die in action than – you know, to be snuffed out, like, early on, but, like, in a battle, instead of yeah. just living to an old age and succumbing.
2: Well, well, if you if you don't die in battle, you don't go to Valhalla. Yeah. And Valhalla is the cool afterlife, <laughs> you, know? Yeah. The, you know? There's and, no... And this, this is a super goes. pagan thing, because, you know, when you go back to stuff like um, the Assyrians... Um, and, uh, yeah, the Assyrians and, uh, the Babylonians and the Sumerians, they all believed in an afterlife for everybody from the king on down. Yeah. You know, where you just sat around in, uh, in the dust.
1: Yeah, usually. I, I find that weirdly, uh, moving that yeah. all of these, the very earliest depictions of the afterlife, Yep. Are also
0: unhappy. They're
2: yeah, it's like, like, it just sucks. You know, it's like you can't do any of the things you like to do. and You're just stuck, <laughs> stuck in the dust.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I'm playing a game recently, I think it's the Sumerian afterlife, the House of Ashes, where you're just that's basically it, yeah. eating dust and ash and stuff.
2: Yes, that's right. And you have wings, but they don't actually help you at all.
0: Yeah,
2: you just have them for some insane reason, because um, birds have something to do with with the afterlife. But yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> the afterlife sucks. Um, and, you know, uh, the way that the the way that the early Jews started to um, the tribes of Judea started to uh, define themselves from other tribal constructs was that they offered a afterlife that was a little better. You know, it's like, if you (laughs) you die serving God, then you go to a good afterlife. It's cool. It's a cool afterlife. And the Viking afterlife, you know, strikes me like that. It's like, well, obviously we need people to go Viking because if we all stick around in the Scandinavian lands, then we're all just going to murder each other. Right. And we don't have enough, we don't have enough farmland and we have to go to other places and steal people and stuff, (laughs) because otherwise, you know, our society just isn't going to work at all. So we have to sell people on the idea that it's a better thing to die gloriously in battle because you end up on you you end up in in the cool afterlife the cool afterlife where you get to uh drink and and fuck and go out and fight each other every day and um even if you get hacked apart in battle, you can put your limbs back on at the end of the day, go yeah. back inside and have some more mead
1: and you'll live forever in the song of the poets, you know exactly yeah exactly just just a very fascinating worldview that has obviously uh, 20th century changes everything and it's acquired connotations
2: yeah i mean where where i think it does actually kind of cross with the fascist worldview is in the very clear implication that fjolnir is bad because he's of mixed blood Mm. and that the people that they take as thralls are not people they can become people, but right. when they're taken as thralls, they are simply beasts that va- that vaguely look like human beings who um, who can be uh, you know traded and used as slaves. Um, yeah, and and raped.
1: There's a. Uh, I mean, I've been. I'm gonna sound like an asshole, but I've been reading Friedrich Nietzsche lately. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
2: no, it doesn't make you sound like an asshole.
1: There's there's a. There is a, there's something of the Nietzschean in that as well, where, you know, you have to almost earn the right to be a human being in, in mm. some ways, where he, I well, mean, that's you That's
2: certainly have... what's being sold to, uh, that's certainly what's being sold to Amleth at the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know,
2: and actually it's very, um, it's very Junian when you think about it, right?
1: Uh, yes true yes. young
2: human you know it's like <laughs> it's like if you stick your hand in the box and you can take enough pain then maybe you're a human being
1: yeah i mean it's the the sense that suffering is what makes you a human being which is quite quite different from a lot of the prevalent world i mean today. i just think logically
0: it makes sense though because you would suffer in that time period so oh, yeah it's yeah, better to think like this is great and like this will make me a better person than to think well this just sucks. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah it's certainly true that that people who complained about it were kind of thought of as dicks. <laughs> and <laughs> and you know, it's like Gudrun has as we find out really good reasons to dislike her husband even though the track of her life which is completely dependent on his interaction with her would seem to put her in a really good place, but yeah, on some level, she's she's spending her entire time going. But if not for you, motherfucker, so to speak, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like I I don't know what I would be, but I'd be my own, yeah. you know. And the idea of a woman or a child or uh, you know uh, a thrall from another culture who wants to be their own person and wants to make their own their own mistakes and you know and suffer their own pain Once some of that pain to not be assholes from another country
0: <laughs> yeah i guess that you know that is one thing about the vikings it was just like we're all vikings even the people i steal will become vikings or i'll kill them
2: yes exactly <laughs> that's exactly it you know it's, it's like, sort of that's like what how it,
0: i've heard that like dogs see everything as like a very like a variety of dogs like a human's just a tall dog yeah and, and like a cat yeah, is a, a ca- small a cat- weird dog so that's sort of the vikings they just see everything as a some form of Viking, either to be or just, you know, oh, you're not a person. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, it's like, uh, well, obvious, if you hadn't killed yourself, you could have become a Viking one day. (laughs) You know? <laughs> it's like I don't know maybe that person killed themselves because you took her baby away from her and stuck it in a burning house true mm, that might be it, you know, so I thought it was, that was a Slavic baby what are you talking about
1: speaking <laughs> of killing babies uh, and cool. pillaging
2: yes okay so I mean... having gone through this interesting weird dog ritual with um with his dad yeah. Amleth comes out into the, the open air again and, um, you know, snow is falling from the sky, and he's like, oh, snowflakes, sticks out his tongue. And then immediately, people come over and kill his dad, like right in right. yeah. <laughs> one of whom is Fjolnir, is his uncle. And it's sort of like the most amazing thing in the world just happened and now the most horrifying thing in the world just happened and, <laughs> and
1: like... in such a picture postcard uh setting as well because it's like it has this sort of you know almost idyllic feel with the snow falling and oh, everything yeah. everything's so composed and and in the middle of it is this senseless slaughter right so it's you know there's a sense of I mean, what's imparted by the compositions, because everything in this film, there's no sense of spontaneity in the framing or or the camera movement. Never. So it's almost like the eye of fate in a way, you know, that that there is an order to all of this, right? But the thread has
2: been woven. It's not. The the tapestry progresses.
0: I mean, personally, I'm just glad we can have action movies now that aren't just quick cuts because like from 2000s on, (laughs) it was like hurting my head.
2: I mean, you know, I, much, much like the whole the MCU is awful and it's killing your brain thing you know I just wish people would stop fucking talking about it because it makes me makes me want you know it's like I agree with you but shut the fuck up my god
1: no I there was a somebody somebody tweeted the other day that regardless of where you stand on it it's really depressing that we all talk about Marvel like constantly yeah it reminds <laughs> yeah. me of the Trump Including, stuff
0: it's like whether you hated him or yeah. loved him it was like fucking four years years you couldn't stop hearing his name yeah and it's like we don't, i don't if you don't hate marvel i don't love it i don't want to talk about it anymore
2: it's, it's we taken didn't spend me this to much to fucking time on Blade. <laughs> no, of course you didn't. I mean, it's taken me a while to realize. You 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 get that I've I've lived through this entire. Thing, I know. Right? I know. So um, it's taken me a while to realize that we've had two, possibly three generations of people who have never known a time when the MCU didn't exist. <laughs> 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 which which just makes me laugh and laugh. <laughs> you
1: know? It is. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. I mean. How-
2: How fast we move from, oh, my God, this is the best thing in the world. The thing that I've wanted all my life to your, you know, your children and, and, you know, your and and your siblings going, will you please stop talking about that cake? Yeah.
1: Yeah i mean well i'll say we'll save the mcu discussion for for yes, let's a, do that some let's special absolutely episode but yeah um,
2: you know it's like everything advances like frames in a tapestry right, which i um, appreciate you know and the, I, the thread yeah. of your life has already been woven and here is the next part of the thread of your life and so for you it's like it comes out of fucking nowhere but the norns are like mm-hmm.
0: we saw that coming let's
2: go that's the way it goes. And then um,
0: <laughs> little kid cuts off a nose.
2: <laughs> Amleth runs off. He, uh, you know, he knows that uh, Fjölnir is uh, sending people out to kill him. Does he cut off the he nose? cuts or does the he yeah, because later
0: on that guy, guy has no nose, and um, it's
2: no, he definitely has no nose, but I think he bites that guy's nose off because he didn't have a weapon. I thought he had so... a knife.
0: uh Maybe he bit. Maybe,
2: maybe. I anyways. Confirm. <laughs> one one way or the other. Yes. Yeah. He
0: takes a nose either way.
2: Takes a nose.
0: He does the I got your nose trick but in a very literal way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: rushes uh rushes into um the town um, which is being burned down um sees fjolnir you know carrying off i mean it's a good i don't know
0: if it's a true tracking shot but it's good Mm -hmm. i don't know if i mean i don't know if he sneaks cuts in is what i'm saying
2: yeah i mean it definitely seems like a tracking shot to me um and we follow uh amleth down to the shore where he steals a boat And starts rowing away, going, you know, I will avenge you, father. I will kill you, Fjolnir. I will free you, mother. And sudden cut, and he's still doing that. I love
1: that. 36 I,
2: years old and he's and he's Alexander Skarsgård
1: <laughs> it's it's great that it it proceeds it's such a rapid clip you know like yeah. already and I love the just the the almost absurdity of of that and and it's 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 just like he he's shouting as a child You know, this mantra, and then cut, and then 20, 30 years later, he's doing the exact same thing on a boat again, except now he's, like, super intimidating, and you're like, oh, he's actually going to... He's going to be able to do this now. Yeah,
2: he's 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 huge. He's Jack. He's um he's you know hissing it through his teeth. Yeah,
1: you
0: know
2: it's like oh my god, no, Hamlet is saying that thing again.
0: <laughs> you know, if I have any issue with this movie, and I get that he chose to go in a certain direction, and I respect that, but I think like Brian said in a tweet, like I don't think you can beat the first forty minutes of this film.
1: Uh, to me, I love the film. I think it's a fun, good time. I mean, but I, I loved just, every part
2: of it. So it, yeah, it's, good, it's good.
1: It's uh, good. I I like the shifts because, like, yeah, you know, the first the first forty minutes or so is like what you would expect from a, a Robert Eggers big yeah, budget yeah. film, and mm-hmm. then in the middle, it kind of shifts to something more like the films he's already done, where it's this confined location, maybe more of a character drama, but with with these extra strange flourishes and i think it's peppered with with just great stuff all across the movie but for me i just loved the absolute uh rapid fire insanity of the first <laughs> because it's it's this ritual then his dad's dead then he's on a boat then you have this wonderful shot where the viking longship comes in and the camera floats over the river and mm. kind of pivots onto the boat and it snakes through and, and we land on Amleth. And then right into it, another one of my favorite scenes, we have this berserker ritual. Yeah. yeah. Which is like there's the fire and the guy's standing in front of it and he, he seems to be blind or something, this old man. I mean, or his eyes are rolled back.
0: There's a lot of blind um imagery. Imagery, yeah. For especially for like the, the soothsayer types. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, soothsayer types shaman type yeah there's this sense that their eyes do not look on the world the world the world in front of them their eyes look to the world beyond, and whether that's, you know, physically that they're rolled back in their head, and they're tripping balls, or whether or whether it's metaphorically that they're looking to the world of the gods, the world beyond the immediate world. You know, again, you know, it's like, it's sort of whenever people talk about the threads of fate, it sort of reminds me of the that weird imagery from Donnie Darko, the liquid stir that comes out of people's chests, and you know kind of precedes them through life and um and i
1: donnie darko yeah you have to
2: see donnie darko yeah this this idea that your life proceeds along a track and if you get high enough or you pray enough or you sacrifice enough you can see that track um you can't change it you can see
1: it right, 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 and the sense that the characters who who actually have sight are are blinder than the people who are who are physically blind which yeah very yes. Oedipus Rex, which is relevant in other ways as well that this um <laughs> I mean and but but I just want to talk about the berserker ritual though because yes. it's just so raw. <laughs> and scary and
0: well, they have these like wolf pelts on their heads and yeah. super
2: super male yeah yeah wolf pelts it's just
0: guys being dudes yeah guys
2: being dudes you know naked guys um yeah.
0: in the woods, in the woods. <laughs> i mean i know how this will sound and i don't care i wish i could have seen <laughs> a bunch of naked like fully naked dudes you know because it's like the whole obscuring we do like the artful kind of like shadows just slightly above the crotch line well it, 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 it does it, get it's a very, little
2: ridiculous well it is a little ridiculous and it's very funny because you know it's sort of like they're trying to take out the clear
1: sexual sexual element
2: of it because one of the things about the about the berserker drug, whatever the berserker drug was. And there's like, uh, there's been a bunch of different, um, you know, was it some kind of extreme moonshine? Were there mushrooms in there? You know, was it some kind of fungus? Was it ergot? I don't know. But the point is, you know, that not only did it make you Really ready to fight any fucking thing that you saw in front of you.
0: Probably horny as hell.
2: Yes, that's what I was going to say. It also made you horny as hell. Um, it reduces you to a beast. It reduces you to, it's, it's, it's the heart of the werewolf mythology, really. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like, this is a drug that makes you into a, into a serial killer. This is a drug that makes you into, a, you know, uh, it makes you run amok. It makes you just want, to kill, and you yourself become a weapon. Even if you have no weapon, you yourself are that weapon.
1: It's uh, And you can see that in Guard. I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, Eggers has a funny story about this where mm. he, was, he shot the scene like three times, right, right. Um, to get the right take. And it was late at night, and they're in the woods, and it's freezing cold and everything. Mm-hmm. But they got it, right? And he's like, okay, everybody got the scene. It was a really good take, you know, and everybody got their clothes back on and they were going back to their cars. And then somebody noticed that the lens was fogged. Uh-huh. So they had to get out of the clothes, go back into the <laughs> woods and reshoot the entire scene. And, and he said Scarsguard wanted to strangle him probably because that probably yeah. worked though. Yeah, that probably Well, totally- he looks pissed off. Certainly, <laughs> I mean,
2: you know, pissed off and possessed.
0: You know, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I can't presume, but sometimes robert eggers seems like he's doing a little forced cinema verite where he's like oh no the shot didn't work we better hit you with the hose 20 more uh times
1: well he said what he said in that interview was that it wasn't he didn't skarsgård actually accused him of doing that on purpose he said (laughs) it wasn't like he's not like uh i guess that is the issue
0: is if you're ever a filmmaker like that is people are going to constantly wonder like are you fucking doing this on purpose
1: well i think (laughs) honestly i think a lot of it is just because less because of how robert eggers directs and more because he chooses harsh settings that's true he doesn't
0: he like actually chooses really harsh environments instead of like i think a lot of filmmakers would probably split the difference and maybe do some exterior but you know, more contained stuff. Yeah. Right.
1: And, like, and the lighthouse, like everything has to be real. Everything, like for the witch, they built like an actual cottage the way they would have built it in that time. And I just still can't yeah.
0: believe the boat from the lighthouse. Cause I thought for sure that was just fake. Yeah. And he's like, no, we got a, a boat period, a boat from that time period and we made sure it worked and we, you know, sailed it in.
1: So, it. Another funny anecdote yeah from this film everybody got to take home souvenirs which mm-hmm. okay. so I'm so jealous obviously but um, <laughs> Alexander Skarsgar got the thong that he wears. That's what he got. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nicole Kidman got his sword. Bjork got two or three horses. Nice. And Willem Dafoe got, got the longship, which <laughs> that is too, like, if I were if i were <laughs> I'd be pissed. I'd be like, I want the longship, you know, but it, it's just funny. It, it's just so great that Willem Dafoe now owns a, a real life ship. Yeah. Viking longship.
2: That is, that is beautiful. Um, if I was Dafoe, I would have wanted my own head, but
1: it's me yeah yeah that would have been the that's like my dream to
0: ever have like a fake dead body of me in my house
1: (laughs) (laughs) that would be great